seek the wisdom of God for the important decisions that they must make on our behalf. We pray that they would rule well and be fair and honest. And, uh, and to, to all Americans they represent. Father, your will is that we as Christians may live in peace. We pray for unity to prevail in our government, our nation, our state, our local community, and our homes. We pray that we would all do our part to pray regularly for the fulfillment of the Great Commission which you have commanded the church to actively be involved in today. Thank you, Father, for answering our prayers today in Jesus' name. Amen. I also want to pray for those in New Zealand, those families in New Zealand. They were... uh, Over 50 people were killed in a mosque there in New Zealand. And, Father, we just lift those families up to you, survivor families. And that place right now was in Christ Church. It was a city called Christ Church, New Zealand. We pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to comfort those people right now in Jesus' name. Lord, even those that are there, they may not know who you are. But I pray right now, Father, that they would come to know you as Savior and Comforter and Healer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, we're back in the series, Family God's Design, and we're in part five today. I've got 30 minutes, maybe an hour. <laughs> are, y'all, are y'all feeling better now? Is it, is it okay? You comfortable okay? Yeah? Y'all going to make any more noise, Ramona? Okay. <laughs> so, this... This is part five in the series, and uh, how many are you enjoying this so far, the series? You really like it? It's good. Now, when we get through, we'll have the whole series available. If you haven't gotten some part of it, you can ask them, and they'll get you the, the whatever parts you need. Amen? So, today's message is going to be called Commitment, Submission, and Authority. Amen? You're going to love it. You're going to love it. I'm going to tell you, this is, I'm going to tell you what God's Word has to say about these three things. Uh, I believe it's vitally important for us as Christians, especially, to have a strong, successful family. I don't know when you first got married, young, and you first got married and you didn't, you didn't even think about family and all that until you got married and you got a couple of years into your marriage. Maybe you started out with a family. I don't know how it started. But uh, you didn't even think about how important your role was going to be to raise that family and to nourish that family and to teach that family and to raise them up in, in the right way, how God says to raise them up. You may not have even considered all that. But we are today here, this family right here is called the family of God. And all around the world, those who know Christ are in the family of God. And so we just declare this as it is in heaven, so let it be in earth. Amen. There's peace in heaven. I want peace in my home. Amen. So we are called the family of God. I believe God has ordained the family. I believe it was all God's design. It was all God's idea of how to set up and spread the, the, the word of God all over the world. Teach the world. And I believe God has ordained the, fam- ordained the family and He wants us to be an example to the rest of the world around us what a godly family should be. And anybody say amen to that? See, that's the, the, one of the most important things I want to get across in this series is that you need to be an example to the rest of the world. We all do. It's, it's up to every one of us. I think the reason that 
that there's so many unsaved people in America is because the church has failed. It's not, it's not over. But the church has not done its job that we need to do. All of us do our part. We don't want to just, listen, don't leave everything up to me to get it done. It's not all up to me. I'm doing my part. I mean, I'm not perfect either at it. Amen? But we all need to be involved in this. We all need to live this out. Listen, maybe you're here this morning and you're saying to yourself, boy, my family sure isn't a very good example of a godly family. You might be saying that. But listen, if you'll come to these Sunday services, you'll come to and get these teachings, if you'll, if you'll apply them to your lives, to your family, to your home, your family can be a great and successful and wonderful family. You can have that. Isn't that a dream? Isn't that a dream for people when you start having kids? You say, man, we're going to have this great family and everything. And you can have that. You can have that. There are some principles that are set up in the Word of God that speak about the order and authority and submission and service and obedience. And we're going to cover these areas in their proper perspective over the next few weeks. We're not going to get it all here today over the next several weeks. But we've, we've said it here before, but I'm going to say it again. There are just some people out there who will not come to church. They just won't go to church. They just don't like the idea of church. They feel like church people are hypocrites or whatever. They, they've got some kind of mindset that they're just not going to go to church, period. So what we can do is live it out. What we can do is live out our lives in front of them out in the world. Amen? And they won't even listen to the gospel but you can share your experiences. Uh, at the men talk Friday night, we just shared some. We had about four or five guys share their experiences of before life before Christ, their conversion experience, and life after Christ. It was so good. It was one of the best men's meetings we've had in a long time. Amen. And probably probably the best food we've ever had too, because I bought it. <laughs> not in, not only did I bought it, I brought it. Amen. No, actually, the church did. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But it was good. We had a great time. We had a good time. But those personal experiences that you have, they're unique to you. Each one of you have these personal experiences, and you need to share those with people every opportunity you get. That opens the door. Because I want to tell you, I don't know if you realize this, there are people hurting out there. There are people confused. Totally confused. You listen, watch, listen to the news every now and then. You hear some people. You know, boy, they're totally confused about what's right or wrong. Have no moral compass whatsoever. And they're around us all the time. Amen. So I believe as we have, as we have learned a great deal already in this series so far about how we can be a better example as individuals, but then I now believe it's time for us to work on our families. Let's work on our families. That's our first mission field. It's our own home, our own families, our relatives, our, our close relatives. The family teaches about the family of God. God wants us to have children so that with those children we learn something about the fatherhood of God. Moses has done real good, had lots of children. And, and Joe has lots of children. They've got quiverfuls and more. And, uh, but how many of you mothers and fathers can say that you've got a whole new appreciation of God when you had your own children. Amen. And you're crying out for help. How many times have you prayed at night? Oh, Lord, you've got to help me with this one. 
you get a whole lot better understanding when you have your own children. And when you get married, you suddenly begin to understand the relationship between Jesus Christ and the church. You know, the bride of Christ. You, you understand marriage and you begin to understand the husband's role and the wife's role. And that's what we'll be talking about over the next couple of weeks. Since God designed marriage and family, don't you think if there's a problem somewhere in our marriage or in our family, that we should look to God and His Word for the solutions? So many people having trouble in their marriage and they run to a secular counselor. Somebody who's not a man of God or a woman of God. To get advice. I tell you, you made your first mistake there when you did that. Me and Kim don't charge anything. We don't. And we're professionals. That's right. We, this April, we've been married 45 years. We got something right. We did something right. We, we, we counted on God. Amen. I'll tell you what. If you commit your life to God and you commit your marriage to God, God will commit His ways to you. He'll be faithful. Amen. Listen, God, this is very important. God always blesses commitment. God always blesses commitment. It's not until you become committed that God truly has a blessing for you. Christianity is not just something God wants you to try. You know, you ask somebody, are you being a good Christian? Well, I'm trying to. Quit trying. Quit trying. Lay it all down. Amen. Live it. He wants you to get committed to it. Live it. Walk it out. So in your marriage and in your family, God wants you to get committed to be successful and to being godly, a godly example of the family of God that you should be. You should be. Amen. Everybody all right in here? How committed are you to your wife or to your husband? And then parents, how committed are you to your children that God has blessed you to raise up and train to live godly lives? Did you know God ordained you as a parent to raise your children to know Him and to live for Him? And I said it last week, I'll say it again today. If you allow your kids to make their own decisions in life and raise themselves, you're a fool. Because you're going to have more trouble than you ever counted on if you allow that to happen in your life. I don't see no tomatoes coming. It's the truth. <laughs> Too early yet. God blesses commitment. And that's what it will take in every area of your life. If you're going to succeed, if you want to be successful, commitment is what's going to get you there. Amen? So, the Webster Dictionary defined commitment as a pledge or promise to do something. Very simple. A pledge or a promise to do something. Uh, Speedy told us the other night he shared something. He made a pledge to God. I think it was Speedy. Was it you, Speedy? You probably did. <laughs> but he pledged to God, you know, to get him through that cancer. He'll, he'll live for him the rest of his life, and he's doing it. He's doing it. Amen. And he got through. He's cancer free. Hallelujah. And I just brought it back. 
the, the first thing that Speedy was sharing, I mean, it was, I let him share it later. We got it out, though. The fear. The fear came immediately from the report. And I want to tell you something. The fear will always rise up from the report. Whatever the first report is, is not the last report. When the report comes from a doctor or whatever, or some kind of thing, you're getting a bad report about something, it's not the last report. Remember that always. The first report is not the last report. You ought to write that down. Keep it in your Bible. Write it on the back of your medulla oblongata and keep it right there. Because the first report is not the last report. God's got the last word on every issue in life. He has the last word. Amen? Okay. But once he got the fear out of the way, Speedy, once he got the fear out of the way, because, see, here's what the devil does. And it was a great example of Speedy. The devil came to Speedy. His dad died of cancer at a young age, too. How old was he? Sixty-four. Younger than me. His dad died of cancer at 64. And the first thought when the doctor's report came to Speedy, guess who reminded him of that? The enemy. Comes quickly. To, he, re, he knows all the past, but he don't know the future. And he don't know his either. But, but uh, that's what he brought into his mind. He brought those thoughts of his dad died. His dad had cancer. His dad died. I'm gonna, I've got a report that I've got cancer. I'm going to die. He started thinking that. And then he started thinking, no, I'm going to trust God. And he said, God, you need to help me with the fear. He asked God to take away the fear. And then he's working on crosses in his garage. He's working on crosses in his garage and he's playing Caleb. And this new song came on. Fear, he is a liar. <laughs> and, that, and that just was his answer from God right there. And that fear left and faith filled him. And faith filled him. And every time he went, every time he went to the doctor's office, he had a smile on his face, and the people could not understand what this guy—he's going through cancer, and he's smiling. How many? They didn't have many patients that do that, and they called him in to question him, and then they wrote a wrote a story about it, didn't they? They were going to put a story in some of one of their articles, uh, magazines, or flyers, or something. They do. They wanted to write that story. This is our story, people, that we live in it out every day. That's our story. And that's a great testimony. I want to tell you something. God has best for you, not worse. Let me just say this right up front. If you're having problems in your home, whatever it is, you've got to be committed to get it restored and healed. You've got to be committed to that. When Kim and I got, first got married, we didn't, know, we didn't ask God into anything. We got married in a church, but we didn't. We didn't have God in anything in our lives. We were just selfish. She was living what she wanted to live, and I was doing what I wanted to do. And we find out we can't do this. We're not going to last like this. It, it was a struggle. First few years of our marriage was a struggle. But when we opened the door for God and allowed God to come in and we committed our ways to God, it changed everything. It changed everything. It wasn't perfect. Wasn't everything perfect? And I, no. It's just because she's not perfect, you know. But uh, <laughs> but but once we committed our marriage to God and we said, God, we will never option. We said divorce will never be an option in this marriage, never, and it never came up ever ever. I never walked out the door and slammed it in her face again. Did I ever do that? Did I? 
I never did it anymore. But in today's culture and society, the family has been under constant attack and the fundamental structure of the family especially have been bombarded. And God has established an order. How many of you know that God's design was for the family from the very beginning until up to today? It didn't stop and He's not stopping. It's for us today. God has established an order of authority and submission in the family. But what I want you to understand here is that this is order it is not law. It is not law. It's, these are guidelines. This is not law. They're guidelines. Traditionally, traditionally, the father is the head and the major provider in the home. The mother is the guardian, the one who raises and nurtures the children, and the children have respect for authority in the home. Now, remember that I said these are guidelines, not laws. may not be the same in your home like this. And so... That's okay. There are some homes where the wife makes more money than the husband. And that's fine. That's okay. That's even great. (laughs) Amen. But the main thing God is looking for is commitment to His will for your family. God is looking for commitment to His will for your family. Both husband and wife. Husband and wife. And His will is what? What's God's will? His Word. His Word is His will. And if you don't know what His will is about a certain situation, just look it up. Because it's in His will. It's in, this is His will and testament. Amen. And it's in here. Everything you could ever face in your life is in there. Amen. So, it all comes back to, it always come back, comes back to, let's do it the way God established it. Let's do it. Come to an agreement. Y'all sit down. When you go home today, you think about it and you say, let's do it the way God established it. Let's start all over. You can start all over. And you can be successful. If we as a family will live by the guidelines that God has established for us, we will be blessed. You will be. I'm not, there's no doubt in my mind. No doubt. There are going to be some, some issues that you've got to resolve, but, but God can help you, and He wants to. Me and Kim are here. Call us. If you need some help, we'll help. we got the, the, what's the name of the Guiding Light Ministry. Stand up. Stand up. Can you all stand up real quick? This is Donna and Billy Brown, and they are here. Uh, Guideline Ministries is here. You can call them for appointments to meet with them. They will help you get things straight in your life. They are good at it. And they don't charge either. Oh, my gosh. How are we going? <laughs> so I want to tell you something. There's no excuse. Help is available for you. Amen. Let's look at uh, verse uh, Matthew chapter 7. We're going to get to a scripture here. Uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27. The Message Bible says it like this. These words I speak to you are not uh, incidental additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living, They are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you're like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed on the rock. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you're like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach When the storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. 
Hello. God wants us to build our lives on the entirety of the Word of God. And that house that built, that's built on the sand can be your own personal life, or it can be our nation, it can be the United States, or it can be our society. And around us, we see that not many are building, not on the rock today, but on sand. God wants us to build upon the rock of His Word. And the things that we're talking about here, you have to make up your mind. You have to say to yourself, I'm going to believe God. I'm just going to believe God. And I'm going to believe His Word and what Jesus said. And notice Jesus said, if you do and hear these sayings of mine, it's building your life not on one fragment of the Word of God, but on the entirety of it. You know sand is made up of just a bunch of fragments of rock. Did you know that? And so when you start building your life on this principle or that principle and don't build it on the sayings, plural, of God, then you're not really building on the rock. God wants you to build on the rock, the foundation of what His Word says. The foundation is the most important part of any home or building and also your life and God and the marriage and the family. A successful, godly family must have a foundation of strong commitment to the Word of God. Yeah. Now, let's talk about two more areas. We're going to get a little deep here now. Don't you get up and leave. Two more areas that we need to understand properly. Properly. I want to emphasize that word properly. And they are submission and authority. Turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Verses uh, 21 through 25, if you want to turn there, or we'll read it here in the, in the New King James. It says this, Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Wives, submit to your own husbands, right? Sub, your own husbands. Submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Just stay with me for a minute. I'm going to explain some things in a minute. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church. Now read that line again. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. You think Jesus loved the church? He gave it all for her. Uh, okay, is that the, that's the end of it, 25. This is a powerful key for a successful marriage and family. Uh, now, this word submit, that's a word that uh, a lot of people don't fully understand or improperly define. Uh, it bothers more, more people than anything, especially women. In today's society, that word is almost equated to slavery. You know? But that's not how Paul meant it here in Ephesians. Uh, the message version says uh, in verse, read it, put it out Out of respect for Christ, be courteously reverent to one another. Wives, understand and support your husbands in ways that show your support for Christ. The husband provides leadership to his wife the way Christ does to his church. Not by domineering, but by cherishing. Man, I cherish Kim. 
I do. She's special to me. So, so just as the church submits to Christ as he exercises such leadership, wives should likewise submit to their husbands. Husbands, go all out in your love for your wives. Go all out in your love for your wives. Exactly as Christ did for the church. A, loved, a love marked by giving, not getting. Christ's love makes the church whole. His, word, his words evoke is that it? her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her. Dressing her in dazzling white silk, radiant with holiness. And that is how husbands ought to love. Wow, that's awesome. Submission. Submission. Huh? And the wives. They're really doing themselves a favor since they're already one in marriage. Okay. Amen, Kim said. But submission is a mutual action. Submission is something you do. Not something someone makes you do. We have that in my notes, I think. I want you to write that down. Submission is something you do, not something someone makes you do. Wives say amen. Because I know, I know, you know, some men, and, and I always love John Wayne, and he's my hero. He is. But uh, some of the movies that he's, he just treated women rough, you know. And women are not to be treated like that. No, no, no. No, no, no. Now, if they get out of line every now and then, Kim, I spank her. No, no. <laughs> She's doing that anyway. She gets out of line, I run. <laughs> but, but that was a great, those, those scriptures in the message really explained it really good. And submission, you need to understand, is a, is a dual, a mutual action. Uh, in a marriage, husband and wife must submit to one another. Not one to the other, but one to another. Amen? A better word for submission. Here's a better word. This is so good. A better word for submission is yieldedness. Because, I want to, and I want to tell you something. I, I know that Kim understands the authority that we have in our house. <laughs> and I know. I rule. <laughs> Why are you all laughing? She knows that's true. But I don't rule all the time. Because there are moments that she has authority. And so I take off my authority hat and I put on my submission hat. I said, explain it to me. And she does the same. We do it we do it back and forth. Sometimes she gets her way, sometimes I get my way. But but listen, we communicate. We don't we don't No. We don't put the pressure. No, it's my way or the highway. It ain't that way. No, 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 no. Don't you ever say that to your spouse. We submit to each other. And to God. Under God. You've got to remember who's watching all this. Who's sitting up there as a judge. Amen. He's counseling. He's trying to help us. I'm trying to help you. But there's sometimes she has... Greater authority and knowledge of understand and understanding of something than I do, and she'll explain it to me, and I don't get mad. I was like, "Who, who, who, who died and left you, boss?" 
You know, that's what we want to say, stuff like that. That's ridiculous. She can hear from God as much as I can hear from God. She's not a slave. She's a beautiful, I cherish her. She's a beautiful woman of God. And I love you. And we're going on an anniversary trip one of these days. Listen, without understanding authority and submission, society falls apart. Y'all see what's happening in the world today? Because, listen, policemen are getting shot all the time. People that are innocent are getting shot all the time too. There's a difference. Listen, there's a difference in authority. When a man, when a man has authority, there's a, there's a submission to that authority. And it needs to be right. It needs to be right. Amen. I don't agree with all the things that are happening in the world today, and I know you don't either, but, but there's a problem with submission and authority and understanding that relationship. Amen. Every, in every relationship, there is authority and submission. And it's like I said a while ago, it's like two hats. Sometimes I'd take off my authority hat and put on my submission hat to hear what my wife has to say. Amen. But you, you, in your marriage, you'd be changing these hats all the time. It's okay. It's okay. Can somebody say it's okay? Amen. Amen. And husbands, it doesn't hurt. In fact, it's healthy for your marriage and family, both for you to submit and listen to your wife at times while she wants to do this or that. And now that isn't usurping authority by the wife. That's not usurping authority. She's just explaining something to her husband that he may not have been aware of. Husbands, you need to let go of some of your pride. Yeah. You need to drop some of your pride, some of your machoism. God never called you to be macho. He called you to be a man of God. That's what He called you to be. Amen. And she's just explaining something to her husband that he just might not have understood. We need to learn to submit or yield one to another in our relationship. The way you become stronger in in authority is understanding submission. Understand. The way you become stronger in authority is understanding submission. Amen. You know, here's here's another good example. Pam, she knows I'm her boss. Here at the church. She's the secretary. But, but she knows how to do things on that computer that I don't know. And, and so I'll tell her to do something. And then she'll tell me, uh, well, I have to do this or I have to do that. So I'll take off my authority hat and listen to her explanation. Submission. And I hear, what do you, what do you have? Okay. And she'll explain it to me. And I say, okay. I didn't know that. There's things that, that we, 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 listen... We come to submission and authority, those, those decisions, all the time, every day, in our, even in your workplace. Maybe, you're, maybe you work for somebody else, and the boss uh, hired you, and he comes over and tells you how to do something, and you, you just explain to him, this is the way to do it. Now, I, don't know about, I don't know about Don and Ramona there. I've been there. But society cannot flow properly without authority and submission and knowing when to be in authority and when to be in submission. There's just there's stuff that I don't know that Kim knows how to do. She, she's wanting to get me to iron the other day. I said, I don't know how to do that. 
You have to do that. So I leave that to her. Yeah. But I but I did put all the dishes up this morning, honey. I did. And you know what? Listen, I don't know. You just, people people always want to say that if a husband does things for the wife, then he's henpecked or something. I ain't got a mark on me. I ain't got a mark on me. I'll show you. But I'm not henpecked. I'm in love. And I, listen, I want my house to be happy and I want my house to be peaceful. And I want, if I want that, I'm going to have to be part of it. And I'm going to have to be in my right role as a husband in part of it or it's going to be rocky all the way. That's the truth. So, where does this all, where does all this begin? It begins in the family. The family is the incubator of which children are taught how to flow in authority and submission. If you don't teach your kids how to flow in authority and submission, guess what? When they get older and they get married, it ain't going to function right in their families either. I'm telling you. You've got to teach your kids. And the parents, listen, you can do that by example. Your kids learn. What they learn at home, they see you. And they're learning from you. You may not realize it. They're learning from you. What you watch on TV, them kids are watching. Are you training them right? Are you allowing them to see things that you shouldn't allow them to see? Amen. We'll get, we'll get into that later. But uh, that's why when authority and submission isn't learned in the home, the kids ultimately, not always, will end up rebelling against authority. They may end up in jail or, or cause confusion and strife in their own homes and families. Parents, you've got to teach you got to teach submission and authority, the proper examples, the proper use of that. And when the family is destroyed, the training ground for authority and submission is lost. And if families continue to become more and more dysfunctional, the society suffers, communities suffer, and nations suffer. God has ordained it from the very beginning that the family is the place where children learn how to function in life, in your home. Don't leave it up to the school to teach you. Don't leave it even up to the church to teach your kids. It's up to you as parents and guardians of your children. We're having a lot of problems today with children, and a lot of the blame can be due to the fact that the authority and submission was never taught in their homes. And in closing today, I want to uh, go back to that word commitment again. I want to pray for you that you'll make the choice in your family to commit to the sayings of Jesus that we spoke about earlier in Matthew Chapter, 20, chapter 7. That you'll establish and build the foundation of your home and your family on the entirety of God's Word. Don't just pick a scripture out and say, we're going to do this today. The entirety of the Word of God. Not, not just pick and choose. That you'll commit to learning to submit to one another and understanding true authority and teach your children these principles. Remember that these are not laws, but these are guidelines to build a godly home, marriage, and family. A family that is established on God's eternal Word. Make that commitment today. Amen? When you say yes to God's Word, you are saying yes to a life of blessings and happiness and joy unspeakable. It's just a fact, Jack. It's just a fact. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father,